1: Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here. I have the pleasure, nor the honor. Guys, she might interview herself. That's how prepared she is because this woman right here is the most, one of the most inspiring humans I've ever met in my life. Buckle in, boys and girls. Uh, we have Doreen in the house. Doreen, how are you doing today?
2: Doing good, doing good. Rise and shine.
1: So I'm not even gonna try to cover everything that you do because uh, you're a real estate agent, you're a wholesaler, you're about to get in the Airbnb game, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're so many things. But but it didn't start that way. So let's talk about the journey, right? I'll let you start where you want to start, and then we'll go from there.
2: Well, you know, I'm originally from Plano, Texas. Um, you know, um, when I graduated high school, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I worked at Dell Computers for a year. Um, in their boxing section, just because that's what my brothers did and they were successful at it. So I did the same thing, but I was there for a year and I quickly realized that wasn't for me. So um, I applied for a nursing school and I got in, um, in a small town close to uh, Amarillo called Clarendon, Texas. So I went there, um, went to nursing school, graduated and came back home. Um, when I got back home, uh, you know, got a nursing job. My first nursing job was, you know, home health, and assisted livings. And my first client was a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. And so um, he had Parkinson's disease and, you know, a lot of health issues, but I would help him one-on-one. And, you know, after a while, you know, we were friends and I would tell him about what's going on in my life. And I was complaining about my apartment. He's like, why don't you buy a house? And I'm like, I don't know about buying a house. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'll help you. So, you know, he had Parkinson's, so he couldn't stand on his own and do a lot of things on his own, but his mind was still right. You know, so he taught me how to buy my first home. He taught me about buying investment properties, rental properties. He was trying to get me to buy some billboards, <laughs> uh, but he, I was helping him, and he was helping me. You know, so I was, you know, working my nursing job, but also investing in real estate. And he taught me about credit. He taught me about buying your first home. He taught, walked me through on buying my second, third home, rental properties, cash flow, um, managing. He taught me everything. So fast forward, I was a nurse for 20 years. And, you know, it got to the point where, I, I mean, I still love being a nurse. You know, it's nothing negative against nursing, but it's a very hard, tedious job. You know one day I got to the point where I was on bed rest, I was pregnant and I was on bed rest and I wasn't getting paid anything. And then I had the baby and I was at home, maternity leave, not getting paid anything. And my husband and I, we have rental, you know, money coming in, we had savings, but I was like, I gotta do something to bring some money in. So I just Googled how to make money from home. <laughs> and I found this wholesaling video. And um, I, you know, I had some experience doing real estate before, so I thought, well maybe I could do this so I watched like I stayed up and watched the flip man you know all the people that do wholesaling Watched them for about an hour I ordered one book uh read the book and then I was like well I started joining all the groups you know all over on Facebook went to a couple meetups and then I just dived in mm-hmm. um and I got my first wholesale deal just by calling a for sale by owner on Zillow
1: how much was that first deal
2: the first deal, um, I put it under contract at 143. She had it. She had it on Zillow for 165. Okay. ARB, okay. ARV was about 240.
1: Okay, so. So I thought. How did you How did you get her to agree to the lower price that she had it listed on Zillow?
2: You know, when I first went to go see the property, um, I offered it a 165. But I told her, you know, I went on my lunch break. I'm a nurse. You know, and when I got there, I was very intimidated. There were a lot of construction guys, people with belts and measuring tapes and taking pictures. And I was in my nursing scrubs on my lunch break. And I got there and I was like, you know, I can do 165 for this. I said, but I do want you to realize that I'm not, I'm not a contractor. I said, I'm a nurse. I'm here. I listened to her. I wasn't just trying to look at the house. I wanted to know how best can I help you? What are your goals? And she told me about her dad. He had passed away, about their relationship, how she hadn't talked to him about 15 years. Uh, he left her this house. It needed a lot of repairs. She doesn't have the money to repair it. She was here. She was here from out of town, came for the funeral and found out she got this home. And she didn't really have time to deal with, you know, putting in listing it and dealing with all that. So she just really wanted it done. And I think I just really connected to her Um, understanding her empathy with losing her dad and understanding their relationship and what was going on. So I put it under contract, but I sort of look, I'm a nurse. I'm not a contractor. So I have an option period during my option period. My guys are going to come out here and do an inspection and tell me everything that's wrong with the house. And hopefully I can stay at this number. To be honest, it may have to go down. So she signed the contract. During that time I Googled and I got all the free inspections that I could. Free roof inspection, foundation inspection, AC inspection—like anything that would give me a free inspection—and then I, I provided her with those inspection reports, and I got her to lower that price.
1: Amazing! And, yeah. and what did you wind up finally assigning that contract for?
2: I assigned it. Oh, it's been three years now. It's so funny. I drove by that house the other day, and I thought, "Oh, that's my first house." I assigned it right at one sixty-three.
1: So you—I mean, so you made some money? And oh yeah, oh, I made money. <laughs> Yeah, you sold it, and I'm sure that was like an aha moment. Oh my goodness! Like, because because I would imagine, what is that like three months? You know, two and a half months worth of nurse salary for one deal? Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I so mean, that was
1: like, oh my goodness, right?
2: I was like, I did this on my lunch break. I did this on my lunch break. You yeah. know, and I'm like, I feel like I'm still nursing almost. You know, nursing. Most people get into nursing to help people, right? And so I felt like I. I helped that homeowner because she had no idea what she was going to do. Yeah. And I yeah. presented her with the facts. This is what the roof is going to cost. The foundation is going to cost. The AC is going to cost. There's mold. There's this, there's that. I want to get this done for you. And I want to make sure it gets done in a timely manner so you can get home. I said, but this is the number that we're at, you know,
1: it's crazy. So, because, yeah. I'm about to do a video on how to present a property to an investor because I'm tired of wholesalers giving me crappy details. And yeah. you know, it's like a $30 million deal. And they're like, here you go. Do you want it? And I'm like, well, I mean, could we get some details? Because <laughs> the, the more work you do on the front end, right, the more communication, the more clear you are with, with, the, with the contract uh, to the thing, then, then you've given yourself a good stance to get the dollar that you want. And, and that's where I think wholesaling gets a bad name. There's a lot of yeah. people giving it a bad name, but it also can be a way out for a lot of people. Uh, because they don't have the resources or the time to, to sell it themselves. And 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 so you got the first deal and then you were like probably off to the races, right?
2: Yeah, I was just like, you know, and I think that kind of sets me apart from some of the wholesalers. It's like when I think that's what made the deal go faster is that when I presented it to my buyer, I'm like, here are all the estimates I've gotten for this home. Yes, it's for sale. It's for sale as is. You can have a one-time walkthrough, but I'm also providing you with these estimates that have already been done. Mm-hmm. you know so I think that made it go smooth but yeah so once I could finish that first transaction I was just like I couldn't believe it I was like I did this I'm like you know what I can do this again all wholesaling is is finding a pro- person with a problem seeing the best way you can help them with that problem mm-hmm. getting it at the right numbers and making them understand why you have to get it at the right numbers and connecting them to a buyer mm-hmm. I was like that's all I have to do I was like oh it's on and popping Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so in that first couple months like so that was a zillow did, how many deals did you do within that first like like six months eight months
2: uh i would say about eight you know um I started how much if you
1: to, just uh, had to ballpark the revenue on that do you think if you just had uh, to, each
2: one of them were you know my minimum wholesale fee is about 10k
1: okay you know so, so, I so, did, not, so somewhere maybe around 80 uh, to 90 thousand give or take yeah right yeah so, so that's like a that's like a holy crap. Like, that's you know, like a year of
2: my nursing salary. I mean, I was making, what, 85000 annually. Okay. And I mean, I've been a nurse 20 years. So, I mean, that was a really good salary for me as a nurse, as my family, um, as the only person that's ever gone to college um, in my family. Like, to be making that good salary, like, I was, like, amazed.
1: But, but something that's important that's not talked about enough. And this is what people don't talk about in wholesaling, flipping, and multifamily enough. You also position yourself as somebody that could get a deal done. Yeah. And when you do that, regardless of the money, that mm-hmm. people then bring more deals to you. And that's something that's not talked about enough, correct?
2: Correct, correct, correct. You know, um, I think it's, you know, you're your ethics and, you know, the way you carry yourself. And, you know, I have other people reach out to me all the time, you know, about maybe a wholesale deal they're buying from somewhere else. And they're like, you are a credible wholesaler. And I just want to ask you a question. I'm like, sure. How can I help? Mm -hmm. You know um, this person was buying a wholesale deal from someone else. And I wasn't going to be like, I'm not making any money from this. No. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, and she went over everything and I was like, yeah if you want me to walk that property with you or look over his contract, I will. I said, but something about that doesn't sound right. You know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's your, you know, your reputation and Mm -hmm. and being credible, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's not talked about enough because everybody's so worried about the transactional relationship instead of understanding that, that the amount of social capital and that you can build up over a long period of time, you know, eventually, you know, And that's what people don't get is like, you know, I have a mentor that's been wholesaling about seven years and, you know, he makes somewhere around $800,000 a year, but he doesn't do any marketing from that because people know him as a guy who can get a deal done and he does it respectfully. And so, you you know, be careful how much you're nickel and diming people in the beginning, because you're not going to retire off of one wholesale. You're going to retire off of, you know, a lifetime of 10 years or 15 years worth of wholesales.
2: Exactly. And you know, like, I have I have so many things in my hat besides wholesaling that I'm very careful of my relationships. Like even I met with someone and when I first reached out to him, he was very angry and he was cussing at me um, because I was texting him because he was in foreclosure. And I was like, you know, overall, I'm just trying to help you. He's like, why the F bomb would you want to help me if you're not going to make money? And I said, I'm not just into this to make money. Mm-hmm. I can send you my reviews that I've helped people. I've gone to try to get someone's house on the wholesale deal and they ended up getting, you know, approved for modification or anything like that, you know, but later down the road, they gave my car to another person. You know, Mm -hmm. now I'm listing their house or, you know, things like that, you know. So, you know, I went to one wholesaling little class or group or whatever, and they were like, if you're in wholesaling to help people, you shouldn't be in this industry. And I'm like, you know, how everybody approaches their business is different, you know. Yeah. If someone's facing foreclosure, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in a business. I'm in the business and make money, but not every deal I'm going to make money. I'm still a person, you know. So I think it just really goes a long way, you know. 100%.
1: 100%. So let's, let's, dive into some of those other tactics that you talked about that, that, that you find worked for you and, 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 kind of you've groomed over the years. Cause I know you do some owner financing. I know, I know you're also an agent yourself too. So there's a lot going on. So why don't you share some of that other stuff?
2: Yeah. So, um, currently me and my husband, we have, you know, buy and hold rental properties. So we have, you know, standard tenants. Um, we do also have properties that we have purchased and sold with owner financing, like on a wrap, which I love uh, selling with owner financing now versus just regular renting, because they actually they actually buy the house, and something goes wrong, they don't call me. You bought it, you fix it, <laughs> and we're actually um, like the Waco property that we sold the owner financing. You know, uh, we bought it with seller financing. The seller required for us to put five thousand down, and he sold it to us for sixty thousand uh, with an interest rate of five percent. Mm -hmm. And then we sold it on a wrap with seller financing. And we required 10,000 down so that we got our down payment back. And we sold the house at 99,000 at a 10% interest rate.
1: Okay. Hold on. Cause that was (laughs) gangster. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard that before. So let's, let's break it down. Soup to nuts on that one. So so, so you, let me, let me see if I'm understanding. You found a property Mm -hmm. seller sold you for $60,000. Yes. Five thousand down on yes. how much percentage?
2: Five
0: percent.
1: Five percent. And then you went out and sold that house to another investor, which is a wrap note. Guys, if you don't know what a wrap note is, they're technically buying the property from you and paying the note, but they're not closing on the property per se in a traditional mortgage route. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. And but you but you sold that to on ten thousand and then you're actually making cash flow off the so so just so everybody understands, so I didn't confuse everybody. She only paid five thousand, got the money back. The owner of said property is financing her, and then they're financing the this, the now in buyer is financing her, which is that's insane.
2: It's it's awesome. So it's better than having a rental property because I still cash flow every month. Well, and then just to back up, you know, I I, I actually got paid five thousand dollars at closing, about close to like four thousand something once fees and stuff. Um, so I I bought a house and walked away with money. <laughs> and still I, I'm gonna be cash flowing a little bit over four hundred dollars every month. But instead of it being a rental property and they calling me when something goes wrong, you bought it, you fix it. Mm-hmm. So um that's just another exit strategy that we have. Um and now we are under contract with the condo um that I found off market. Um, and then our goal with that is to Airbnb it or corporate leasing, short term leasing, just any extra strategy besides regular, <laughs> regular yeah, <and> landlord.
1: <laughs> one of the and one of the things that they don't also understand is because it's a wrap or because it's a owner finance, it doesn't go on your credit report. So nope. so, so technically you can. That's not going to hurt you when you're trying to buy another property, but no. but basically, but basically, the reason I'm highlighting this so much with the owner finance of the condo and the wrap and all these mm-hmm. things is, is that I would say on a weekly basis I get six phone calls saying, you know, we want to invest, but we're, we've got to wait another year and a half to save up money because we can't afford it. But what you're saying is there's a million options available to buy properties without your own money.
2: Yeah, there's there's all type of properties. And the main thing is looking, I always look for owner finance or distressed sellers or, um, you know, pre-foreclosure or probates or something like that. You know, someone that will be open to the owner finance. Um and this particular seller, he was like, yeah, I don't really need the money. So, you know, he wanted us to pay cash and I'm like, or have our own financing. I'm like, we don't have the cash. And it's really hard for me to get financing for only 60,000. Mm-hmm. I said, we've tried. I had my lender call them. They have good credit. I have good credit. You know, he said, but it's hard to find a lender under a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I said, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay on time. You have my credit for it. I have no late payments. Mm-hmm. I said, but I really, really want this house. And he, I said, we can do owner financing. Um, One thing that kind of got him to agree is that I agreed to use what they call a loan servicer, Um, a loan servicer. You can think of a loan servicer, just like a property manager. You know, when you have a rental property, you have a property manager, right? The property manager collects the money, does all the taxes, sends you your money. The loan servicer kind of does the same thing. It's a professional management company for owner finance transactions. Mm -hmm. So with the wrap. You know, um, the person that I sold the house to pays me my money from that money. The loan servicer pays the original homeowner their money to pay my first loan. And then I get a check every month of the difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then at
2: the end of the year, the loan servicer sends us all of our tax documents. Um, In the event that one of us didn't pay, they would be responsible for like the foreclosure process. Um, They keep track of the escrow. They keep track of the insurance. Um, There is like a $25 a month fee for the loan servicer, but I made my end buyer pay that.
1: (laughs) I'm curious. Like one of my things that I'm on right now is that everybody complains that the information is not available and they really just don't want to take action. So where did you find out about all these things? You know, how did you, how did you even know to do these things?
2: I watch everything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I joined lots of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to know about owner finance, seller finance, raps, all those different things. Um, I went on Facebook and I put on, you know, a little comment who does owner finance, seller finance, raps, and things like that. Um, I had a couple of people reach out to me. I offered to buy them lunch, offered to do those type of things. What they would, We would go over some things. Um, I watched a lot of YouTube. I reached out to some of the prominent attorneys here in the Austin area. That close on subject two and wraps. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you reach out to them, they'll take you to lunch. Wow. You to lunch. And Ooh. then they'll teach you anything you know. You know, you need to know. You know why? Because they want you to bring all your files to them, because they can make money. So they don't mind teaching you what you need to know. Even when I said, "Oh, I have a contract. I'm writing it up. I'm not sure if it looks right." He said, "During, send it to me first. I'll look over all the details for you before we. You have the." buyer and seller sign and then you can open title with me
1: mm, I love ring, it. Ring, ring, ring. Mm. it's like you
2: can't be you can't be shy when, you, when it comes to learning you know it's like this is I, I write down my goals and everything that I want to achieve and then I look at who could help me achieve those goals I just ask the worst they can say is no so I emailed three of the attorneys that here in the Austin area that I know do subject tos and wraps and close on those type of transactions I just asked for help mm-hmm. and they gave it to me
1: and, you know, I guess my next question would be to all the moms out there, to all the people that are swamped, you know, and, and trying to keep the house going and everything. And I'm not saying everybody's got to go be an agent in wholesale. That's not what I'm saying. But how do you how do you get everything done in a day? You know, most people are over, you know, overwhelmed or overconsumed with 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 certain things. That, you know, how do you focus on what needs to get done every day?
2: You know, I think that's always going to be a challenge and a struggle. I think that's going to be anyone, whether you're, in, you know, working independently, having a nine to five, if you're a mom, you it's just hard to juggle it all. But I think the main thing is really having a schedule and trying to stick to that schedule, you know. Um, Before COVID, every other Friday was date night with me and the hubby, because that's important too. You know, um, two Saturdays a month, I pick a child and that's mommy-daughter day. You know, um, there's certain days that we clean the whole house one room at a time. You know, I think it's just really important to have that schedule. And I think that keeps you from being overwhelmed. Um, And the kids and the husband, everyone gets used to that schedule. You know, if something's off, my daughter, Saniya, she'd be like, today's Sunday. How come we're not up yet? You didn't turn on the music? Are we cleaning? You know, and I'm like, I just want to sleep, Sanaya, can I sleep for ten minutes? And she walks away and I hear in the distance, Alexa, set the alarm for ten minutes. I'm
1: like <laughs> Hey, hey, you did this to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love it because it's so inspirational because what I'm trying to get across with the podcast or any content I'm putting out is that your goals need to be your goals. And what I mean by that is that I'm not saying you got to quit your job. I'm not saying you got to take time away from your kids. But guys, what if you learn how to do, you know, two wraps a year and like six wholesales, right? And you created another $50,000 worth of revenue. Wouldn't that take a lot of stress off or would that be a vacation to Europe or, you know, whatever? Or would your husband be able to retire a couple years earlier? Like these are the things that people look at it and go, I can't do it, but but you can do it. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from it's everything's available to everybody, but you have to have the right attitude to push through it. And, and, and really what it is. And I was just talking about this on a previous podcast. It's the first one. Yeah. Because after you get the first one, I mean, it feels like that momentum just gets rolling. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I would imagine being an agent uh, aside from wholesaling, you know, there's a lot of eight, you know, I had a guy text me the other day. No, no BS. Cause I want to see your face when I say this, he told me, that if he were to get his license, it was going to take him three years till he could get it together. Like, shouldn't you prepare to be broke? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I met a guy the other day that got his license in March. He's done 20 deals already. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you know like it's just what, such a different... Do do? I said, why would you listen to somebody that doesn't even do this? That doesn't even make
2: sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's no reason. You know, if you set up your mind and, you know... Write down your goals and make it happen and get up and make it happen. And, you know, just one other thing about, you know, being a mom, a realtor, a wholesaler, investor, a landlord, all those different things. I think the most one of the important things, too, is not to be afraid to ask for help. You know, because I was so used to getting everything done and so proficient. I was getting a little overwhelmed. And my husband was like, well, you know, I can do that. And I'm like, I get so used to just doing my to do list and trying to knock it out. It's just, just take a step back Mm -hmm. and know Mm -hmm. when to ask for help, Mm -hmm. know when to let people help you as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think as a mom, we, we say, you know, we get overwhelmed, like we're the caregiver, you know, I think it's like, uh, there was a diagnosis, I think it was like broken mom syndrome, where you, you go to work and work, you come home and work, basically, you know, you go to work and work, and then you come home and cook and clean and take care of the kids and is that you, you can't get in that cycle. And then not feeling like you can't ask anyone for help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, too. I think some moms get so proud of, you know, well, I'm going to cook or I'm going to clean. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you have to figure out ways to allow other people to help you. I What I did is I looked at the chores that I don't like to do.
0: <laughs> I <know what laughs> and I
2: tried to figure out a way that I could eliminate it. Mm-hmm. I don't like folding laundry. I have a 12-year-old daughter. I ordered her an allowance green light card and yep. i added chores on her card that she could make $2 to $3 if she per basket of laundry that she folds and put away. Whew, I come home, laundry is folded and put away. I mean, there's five of us in our house. That laundry stacks fast. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> so it's like you know, don't let things overwhelm you and i think that i think that's important to remember as well.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, the the unit that is a family, right? It, it is technically your own team. Right. And so if you're not utilizing the team, then you're going to set yourself up for failure. And I'm guilty of this. Everybody I run into is guilty of this because we're trying to get somewhere right. Where we're, we're, we're trying to get somewhere, where we want to be, we want to be better. Right. Like who doesn't want to be better. Right. But I, but I also think that in, and and I'm learning this, not you know not amazingly but I want to help so much that I overstack my calendar and then I start feeling the stress and then it like you know and then you have to like back off the pedal when ultimately like as long as somebody's not going to hurt themselves now now granted some of the guys I coach are in recovery so it's a little bit different but as long as they're you know they they can wait a week or two like but 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 like but I but I get but it's like stuck in my brain like okay let's just have the conversation but you're also putting yourself in a bind yeah. Too, right. So you, so you have to, you know, if you talk to any of my coaching clients, I think their number one, you know, problem it, it, besides like mental stuff is scheduling. They, they just, they, you know, because I was, I was listening to something the other day and he was like, if you don't schedule like family time or mm-hmm. like other things, then it's just going to get thrown to the wayside. So yeah. you have to treat it almost just like your, uh, like your, like your job, like it's, yeah. it's part of the job. And I would imagine you do that. Correct.
2: Correct. Correct. And like, we even have like a family calendar on, on iCloud. And so like my husband has an iPhone and my kids have little iPads or whatever. And so they can go to their little calendar and see, Oh, where are y'all going for date night next week on Friday? Well, you know, the 13th is Sanaya's day or, you know, like they, like, (laughs) they look forward to those things and it's super, super important to them, you know? So, um, but yeah, I think it's, I, I'm a big believer of scheduling things.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, to so all those new agents out there newer agents which i we run into a lot you know what you know one or two three things would you give them advice wise on on something that they could focus on that would maybe in their first year or first 6 months that would truly you know set them up for success as, to to have a long successful career
2: Um, You know, I, for some reason, I still still might see myself as a newer agent. (laughs) I've been wholesaling for what, three and a half years, but I've been an agent now for a year Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was hard for me to do that transition kind of, you know, almost like. I mean, I became an agent so I can have another exit strategy, right? I didn't want it to be where, okay, you didn't want my wholesale fee, but then I've been talking to you for two months, and then you go list your $500,000 house with someone off of, you know, Zillow, even though I've been talking to you, but I wasn't licensed. So I got my license to be able to have that exit, another exit strategy. Um, As a new agent, um, I think it's good to implement yourself um, a schedule, um, setting your goals for the year. I think, um, you know, my husband's newly licensed. He's been licensed for about a month and I've been taking him through each transaction one at a time and thoroughly training him on those transactions. Like right now, he's thoroughly trained on leasing. He knows how to post ads. He knows how to get lease clients. He knows all the questions to ask the leasing. He, you know, knows how to do the applications. He knows how to get paid. He knows how to do everything about leasing. You know, some people get so overwhelmed that they just want to, you know, learn everything. And I think sometimes it's best to start from one thing and learn it top to bottom. And then moving on to the next type of transactions Mm -hmm. um, and being proficient in it. You know, now he's done, he's he's good with leasing. So now we're going to be starting to train on buying and selling homes and advertising. After that, we're going to move on to brand new homes, working with new home builders. Um, You know, everyone is different, but I just feel like if you, you know, learn something and I mean, he's been good at that for over a month now. Um, He's just been so busy with his leasing clients that we haven't moved forward. But I always feel like, you know, knowing something proficiently versus being all scattered um, is, is just is just really good. Um, and then, you know, training. Um, I signed up for all type of trainings through my board of realtors, through the title companies, all the free training I could get from title companies. I was scooping it up. Um, <laughs> and then you pay, pay to be a board member. So anything that was free with the board, I was scooping it up. Um, and then, you know, the importance of networking. I get so many clients just from Facebook, not like doing paid for ads or anything like that. I am a part of almost any investment group in Austin that you could think of and major buy and sell and free groups like garage sale groups of round, you know, all the cities that are around me. So anytime anyone posts anything, you know, real estate related, I'm responding. And then I am posting a big picture of my card all throughout Facebook, anything that I can help people. I mean, because I get phone calls. like, I got three clients yesterday. It was like, hey, I saw your card on Facebook. I'm looking to buy a house this year and then another one every year for the next six years, and then I'm going to retire. She just saw my card on a garage sale post. Um, Somebody was like selling everything in their house. It said selling everything in my house because we're losing it. And I said, I posted that. I'm so sorry that you're losing your home. I would love to talk to you to see if I can help you with anything with that. You know, and I posted my card. I told her, I stopped foreclosures. I help people with evictions and things like that. And my, you know, of course, there's no charge to you. I posted my card and this woman called me. She was like, that was so nice of you. She was, I'm looking to buy a home this year and then one every year for the next six years. I was like, oh, I love to work with you. So it's like, um, and I would say the last thing is don't be afraid to slide into people's DMs. I see I slide into people's DMS all the time talk about real estate and especially when I see like you know somebody will post something oh I'm looking for a realtor I'm looking for a home right and everybody reply, give me a call you should call me here's my email they're gonna get but if you just immediately just go to the well first of all I have a second account that I make everybody my friend and then I slide into their DM. And I make them my friend because some people, if you're not their friend and you slide in their DM, they're not going to see it. But if you get a, if you're, you know, chilling on your phone and bing, you got a friendship request, bing, you got something in your message box. You're going to take your phone out and look at it and be like, oh, oh, hey, hey, why are you want to be my friend? Hey, you sent me a message? Yes, I'm a realtor. I saw your post. Let's talk. I've got the most clients that way.
1: No, it's perfect because everybody, you know, you can do the paid ads. You can do all those things, but just intentional you know, follow through networking and just, and just doing those things. And, you know, Facebook is what it is, but everybody gives it a bad rap, but, but it's also, you know, where everybody is right now. So it's like, you know, so it's like you you have to outweigh the good with the bad and and, and filter out what you don't need and use what you do need because, you know, I tell everybody, nobody else is going to pay your bills. (laughs) Exactly. You got to pay your bills. So, um, man, I love this so much. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how they DM you, how they slide in those.
2: Uh, the best way to contact me is on Facebook. Um, I'm Doreen Sydney Realtor.
1: I love it. Well, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your friends. Um, Doreen's going to be running the country here in the near future. Uh, it might be mayor. It might be president of some small island. We don't even know. But uh, she's <laughs> super impressive, and I just want to thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you.